Well, good morning. We're so glad that you were able to uh, look in and worship with us this morning um, as we uh, get together to hear uh, from God and what he has to say to us today. If you'd please, please join with me in just a short prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we do pray this morning that you would open our hearts and our minds to what it is that you have to say to us and then grant us the grace to go out and to live it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week was Easter Sunday. Christ is risen. And the message that we hear from last Easter is that we know we understand that not only is every Sunday Easter Sunday, but every day is Easter Sunday as we live out our lives in these days. We live out our lives in the hope, the living hope that the story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings to us each and every day. Today at here at Shepherd's Gate, we are going to be starting a new series. The title of that series is Called and Loved. It is a good thing to be loved and to be called. <laughs> One of the funny stories that are coming out of this is that, as you may be aware of, is at Shepherd's Gate, we have a whole team of people who have been calling um, seniors, our senior members, just to check in with them and let them know that they're loved and to see if they need anything. So a couple weeks ago, I was making my round of phone calls, and I'm at my desk on my cell phone making my calls, and all of a sudden, there's my wife, Sue, standing next to me and poking me, and she has our landline phone in her hand, and she says, it's for you. <laughs> I just kind of looked at her, and she hands me the phone, and here it was. It was another senior member calling to see if I was doing okay. It is good to be loved and to know that you're called and loved. The other day, uh, last week for Easter, it was on uh, Saturday, Friday. Uh, Susan said, boy, what do you want to have for dinner on Easter? I said, I don't know. What would you like to have? Maybe she says, well, something special. I said, well, maybe pray about it. And we'll figure that out. The next day, the very next day, we're sitting in the front room and the UPS truck shows up out front and UPS driver gets out and he's carrying this box and you know, with all of the COVID-19 things that are going on, he runs up to the house, puts the box on the, on, the, on the porch, and he's running away. I'm opening the door. I'm like, you don't have to run. We're clean. <laughs> so he leaves the box. I pick the box up. I bring it in the house, and I'm like, oh, great. I just brought the hot box in the house and set it on the floor. I said, Susan, get me a pair of gloves. <laughs> so we open the box up, and here inside the box is a cooked, smoked, ready-to-eat turkey. I looked at Susan and I said, well, there's your Easter dinner. <laughs> it is good to be loved, to know that you're loved. And so today we start that series called In Love. And for this series, what we're going to be doing is returning to walking our way through the book of Romans, what we call the book of Romans, which is really a letter that was written by Paul to the church at Rome. And as we've seen and as we will continue to discover, Paul's letter to the Romans is filled with the power of Jesus Christ, the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ. And why shouldn't it be? Paul himself met the resurrected Jesus Christ at one time as he was on a journey on the road to Damascus. And it was in that journey that Paul not only met the resurrected Jesus Christ, but he discovered the resurrecting Jesus Christ. When Jesus appeared after his resurrection to all those people to whom he appeared, he brought them to life. There was Mary outside the tomb who was weeping. 
There was Thomas in the upper room who was doubting. There was Peter who was out on the lake. And the Bible tells us that Jesus appeared to more than 500 people at one time. And in each and every one of those cases, he brought those people from sorrow and fear, from discouragement to life. And then, of course, there was Paul on that road to Damascus. So now Paul, in his writing of the Romans to the Romans, is that he turns our eyes to Jesus and the resurrecting Jesus, and that he brings us from death to life. Paul knew what it was to be called and loved. This week, we see that we are also called and loved by the same Jesus that Paul encountered, our resurrected Savior, being called and loved and raised from death to life. To do that, we're going to be taking a look at chapter 7 of the book of Romans. So if you want to get your Bible out or wherever you keep the Bible on your phone, follow along with me. We're going to be taking a look at the first six verses of Romans chapter 7. And there Paul is writing, Or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives? For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives, but if her husband dies, she is raised from the law of marriage. She released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Raised to life and freedom, so that we may bear good fruit. Freedom from the law. First thing I'd like to point out, and that we should be aware of here, in the first three verses of chapter 7, Paul is simply using the illustration of marriage to talk about our relationship to the law. We need to be careful that we don't construct some entire teaching regarding marriage and divorce just from these first three verses. Paul is simply using it as an illustration, making the point that in Christ we are dead to sin, but alive to Christ. He writes in verse 4, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law, through the body of Christ. Very important thing, I think, for us to capture here is this. A better translation in the Greek of that phrase is, you also were put to death. Because in the Greek, that phrase is a divine imperative. What that means is, is that Christ, Jesus, is the one who is doing all of the action. He is the one who is putting us to death and raising us to life. It's not our work. It's all him. It is him who calls us to faith. For the church in Rome, Paul was concerned that the people were looking to the law for salvation. The people of Israel, was they, what they would do, they loved the law. They loved the moral code, the Ten Commandments, the Torah. They saw the law as a way of having a right relationship with God the Father by keeping 
the law. Unfortunately, in doing so, what happened was they took their focus off of Jesus. So Paul is now writing to the Romans. He's writing to be sure that no one sees the law without seeing Jesus. And Paul does this because he knows something. He knows the very terrifying power of the law. The law does have power, all right? The law has power to awaken our sin. And although the Romans may see the law as having life in God by keeping it, Paul knows that eventually they will see death. Holding on to the law is like holding on to a knife as it cuts you to death. The law has a condemning power. And Paul points that out in verse 5. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. See, here's your problem. Here's my problem. Is that when we hear that we're not supposed to do something, the first thing that we want to do is do it. Last week I was at Kroger shopping. And I'm shopping and I'm doing what I do. I'm going up and down the aisles, and as I do that, people are looking at me like, I'm like, why are people looking at me? Finally, someone said something to me. They said, you know, you're going in the wrong direction. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, can't you see the signs on the floor? They've now got aisles that are one way, and I was going the wrong way. I'm like, really? <laughs> so what I did was, I turned around, went back down, I said to myself, I said, so now you mean to tell me that I have to go over to the next aisle, walk all the way down that aisle just to come back up and get an item that is six feet from me? So I backed out of the aisle and I stood there and I said, I'll just wait for everybody to leave. <laughs> when no one's looking, <laughs> I will walk over and get the item that I'm looking for. And then I had the little voice inside my head went, yeah, but Craig, you're still breaking the law. <laughs> When we hear about something that we're not supposed to do, the first thing is that we want to do it. Paul, for example. Paul didn't know what coveting was until the law brought it to him that he should not covet. And then sin came alive in him and awakened the coveting within him. Sin comes alive and we end up dying. It's for this reason that in Romans and what we're reading today, that Paul points you and I to Jesus Christ, the one who dies while holding on to us. We were sinners in the hands of an angry God, but now we are sinners in the hands of a gracious Savior. Christ saw us in our sin and offered his life for our salvation. He died under the condemning power of the law for you, for me. Through his dead body, Jesus Christ sets you and me free. Again, Paul writes in verse 4, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ. In his death, Christ puts to death the condemning power of the law and brings you and I to life. Those who see the law and hold on to it without Christ will ultimately die, not just a physical death, but a spiritual death also away from Jesus. You and I, however, and all those who believe in Jesus Christ or who are baptized into Christ Jesus are baptized into his death, and by his death, Christ sets us free.
Paul shows us the power of Jesus to set us free from the law and to raise us to life as people of God. But there's a word of caution here. You and I need to be careful. We need to be careful that we do not abuse that freedom by redefining God's law, as some people are in the habit of doing today. That we do not abuse that freedom by just going out and doing whatever it is that we want to do. The law is not something, God's law is not something that you and I can redefine. It's God's law. It's his word. It is part of God's design and is built into all of creation. God's law is written on our hearts. We know what we are to do and not to do. Now, we could pretend that the law doesn't exist and that it doesn't matter to God, but in the end, we'll be held accountable to God. For example, we can pretend in our lives, in our daily life, that laws don't exist. They don't exist in our community. I mean, if we did that, we pretended that laws don't exist, I mean, we could go into a store and we could just take whatever we want and walk away with it. We could uh, not obey red traffic signals and break them at will. We could maybe move into someone else's house and take it as our own. If we lived our lives pretending that the law didn't exist, we would eventually come to find out <laughs> that we are not alone, that we are part of a larger community, and that we live under those laws. Paul is pointing that out. Paul wants us to know that we are not alone. God does exist, and he rules over all of creation. He has set his laws in place, and everyone will be held accountable to it before him. He has claimed us in the death of Christ to set us free from the condemning power of the law. But he has also raised you and I to life in Christ to live and to bear good fruit. He writes again in verse 4, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to one another, to him who has been raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. It's with those words that Paul turns our attention to the resurrecting Jesus Christ. He not only frees us from the condemning power of the law, but he forms us by the Holy Spirit to live as God's people shaped by the Holy Spirit to reveal the goodness of God's law in his ways and bear good fruit. He writes in verse 6, But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in a new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Alive in Christ and inspired by the Holy Spirit, the, now, the law now shows you and I how to live as children of God. The law never goes away. The law is always there. It's part of God's word. But now instead of it demanding and accusing and condemning, now it shows us how to live. Instead of thou shalt not have any other gods and thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, we love God. We put him first in our lives. We honor his name and we desire to worship him. Instead of the law condemning us and accusing us and making demands that we honor those in authority, that we not murder, that we not commit adultery, that we not steal, that we not slander others, that we not covet what they have, now it shows us how to live 
as God's children. And now we desire to bear good fruit toward others. We honor those who are in authority. We protect our neighbor's lives, property, and their reputation. We honor God's design for marriage. Paul is pointing out to us today that we are called in love, and that we've been called in love, that we've been raised from death to life and given freedom in Jesus Christ. And in that freedom, we find forgiveness instead of guilt, peace instead of anxiety, fellowship in community instead of loneliness, faith instead of fear, love instead of hate. Raised from death to life, we live these lives the way that Paul wrote them in Romans chapter 12. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all. Raised from death to life, called in love. God bless you. Be at peace.